0: All you cool cats and kittens, it's time for the quarterfinals of the Bama U Bracket. We've got results, we've got discussions, we've got debates. There will be no sweeps this week. That's basically already locked up, and we have not even heard the votes from the panelists who are on the show today. That would be myself, Gray Robertson, my usual partner, Tom Canterbury, and our special guest judge for this round. Sydney Littlejohn, now Sydney Littlejohn Watkins. She was in the bracket. She made multiple upset bids in this tournament. Sydney, welcome in. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. Thanks for having
0: me on. Of course. Have you forgiven us for um, not advancing past the last round?
1: I'm still quite bitter.
2: But, <laughs> 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 but uh, you, you, you made one outstanding seed upset. Yes. No, I, I, I have... I'm
1: just happy that I made it through one round. I mean, this this bracket is something that, I mean, there's so many people, so many great people that have came through and played softball Alabama, and you don't really, I mean, everybody knows it, but then you put it in something like this, and you're like, okay, well, now I don't know what to do. I don't know who to decide, so here we go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Shall we dive in? Are we ready? Yes. Okay, so let's uh let's go over all the matchups that we have. We've got the Cretchman region between Kelly Cretchman and Stephanie Van Brakel. We've got the Morgan region between Charlotte Morgan and Kelsey Dunn. We've got the McClinney region between Haley McClinney and Caleb Bro, and we've got the Trainer region between Jackie Trainer and Brittany Rogers. So Sid, um, I will go first because I've actually got the results as they stand now up in front of me. So I'm not the deciding vote in any of these out of fairness, of course, uh, as we've done the last couple shows. So I will start off with the uh, the Kretschmann Van Brakel region before I make my pick. Let's talk about this one because Tom and I have been discussing Stephanie Van Brekel since the bracket dropped. We both thought she might be a bit underseated. And we saw the fans line up behind the three-seed Stephanie Van Brakel, and for good reason. I mean, she had quite a career here at Alabama, and she coached you pretty well in your time in Tuscaloosa as well.
1: Yes, and you know, for somebody who goes from being such a great player to a coach and is able to put back into a program, and let me just tell you all that that is something that obviously is going to set her apart. Um, and that's nothing against Kelly Griffin. Kelly Griffin is great you know you've heard Red Stadium be called the place that Kelly built and so <laughs> you know, it's a very hard decision uh, and I, I can I mean of course the fans coming in I mean she's one of the leaders of LB softball now so of course she's going to be backed up and she very much deserves that and of course you know I was her Pedro, so of course I think she's going to receive it. <laughs>
0: Tom, was this a a tough one for you?
2: This is probably the toughest decision I've made in the entire tournament so far uh, because there's so many different, as we talked about from the beginning, there's so many different criteria that you're looking at what is going to be uh, your deciding factor on what puts somebody through. Is it what they did individually, records that they possibly hold? um, Kelly Creshman still holds records in the Alabama record book and the SEC record book. Uh, but when you look at it, and we, we, saw this, um, we saw this point made by someone who might have a little bit of bias <laughs> in the argument too, which uh, is uh, Steph's husband, uh, made the point about Alabama had not won an SEC championship until Stephanie bapreko Prothro was here. And you look at the team championships that she helped lead the program to that Kelly Creshman wasn't able to. So are, are you taking the, the, the criteria that you elevate the rest of your team, and maybe Steph was better at doing that than Creshman than was? There's there's so many different uh, aspects to look at. This is just an incredibly, incredibly tough choice in my book.
0: It is. And as I've said, I, I kind of tried to – dive deep into some of the differentials between a couple of these players. And Kelly Kretchman part of it was just because of the nature of the softball landscape at that time, but she didn't have as many chances to thrive in big moments. Stephanie Van Brakel got Alabama that first SEC championship, but also led the Crimson Tide to three Women's College World Series. And Kretchman only led Alabama to one. I... You know, Creshman uh, holds so many records, but Steph is right up there as well in the pitching ranks, and she's either second or third in pretty much every career mark you've got in Alabama history. She's all over the place in SEC history and single-season history at Alabama. Her postseason stats offensively and in the circle are pretty impressive. And I look at what she did in the World Series, and she was able to go through that with an ERA just above three, but she had that 12-inning one run win against DePaul with the seventeen strikeouts and the one walk, and I just feel like Stephanie Van Brakel had moments in the circle and at the plate that really showcased her talent in her time at Alabama. So my vote is going to Stephanie Van Brakel. Wow. We'll uh we'll go to we'll go to Sid for this next one. Sid, what do you have?
1: So of course, you know Picture to picture—that is also a factor for me. I'm not going to it a lot. And then to you know everybody loves a pitcher that can hit and produce at the plate. Yeah, you know, that adds just a whole other realm of athleticism to the player. And again, nothing against Kelly Crouchman. I mean, there's did so many great things for our program. But all in all, you know, I think Steph is another person who really took this program to the next level. Um, and also, like, let's just be honest. This is probably a life or death decision for me, so I'm gonna
0: go with the <laughs> right choice. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Coach Stephanie Van Brakel pro throw. Wow. Okay, Tom. This is uh, this is important. So, again, Kelly Crutchman, the number one overall seed in this bracket, against Stephanie Van Brakel, the three seed. Go ahead, Tom. Wow. I really feel like. Again, I don't know what
2: the uh, what the rest of the committee did or what the final uh, fan vote was in this, but I feel like I, this might be the deciding factor, the deciding the pressure's vote. Pressure's on. The pressure. I am. My hands are sweating. This is very difficult. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's so, like if you were if you were making this, if this was like the New York Yankees, this would be like Babe Ruth against Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. This is it, is it is such a tough decision. <laughs> Uh, But I think, kind of like what I was saying earlier, I'm going to make the deciding factor elevating the rest of the teammates and the rest of the team as a whole. And because of that and the fact that she was able to do it both in the circle and at the plate, I'm also going to go with Stephanie Van Brinkle.
0: Wow. So the the Steph sweep on the podcast. That's... Uh... That, we're going to get some angry letters People are going to be very mad uh, Okay, should I reveal the results? I, I, yeah Okay I So the fan vote 53.5% went to Steph Out of 361 votes Really good turnout by everybody And with the three of us voting here today Moving on to the final four To the semifinals Is the three seed Stephanie Van Brakel Five to wow. three. Monumental upset. So, Tom, if you had gone Cretchman right there, we would have had to turn to our tiebreaker mechanism, which is an anonymous person who is currently sitting by his or her phone, waiting for a text from me to say, "Okay, we need you to make this choice." <laughs> oh
2: wow! Well, you need to send that person a text right now, and and let them know
0: that and see what the response is wow how do we think this is going to be received because tom as we broke down the bracket and you know i say this i call it an upset that's no disrespect to stephanie van Brakel, but we had kelly crutchman as the number one overall seed for a reason you thought coming in she would win the whole thing yeah. is this is this just a product of looking deeper at the statistics how, What is this what does this mean What is? how did this come about
2: yeah i, I think it's a little bit of that also um you know, Steph, you know, she campaigned. not she, she She went full out, and I think that had a lot to do with the fan vote going her way. And, and it's, you know, I, I ended up voting for her, so uh, maybe rightfully so. It's just when, again, it's, you take a look at what Kelly Creshman started at Alabama and what Stephanie Mambraiko Pro throw it's like she continued it and
0: was able to elevate it. Right. And and again, uh, Kelly Krasman, it, it is the house that Kelly built for a good reason. And I'm not sure if there's any other three seed that could have beat her, but uh, Steph was able to do it. Anything to add there, Sid?
2: I think I have to agree with Tom. You know,
1: you give Kelly the respect that she deserves. I mean, she's the number one seed in this bracket. She. Did so much for this program and holds a lot of our history. But then you look at Steph, and she was able to take us to that next level mm-hmm. again and just set us apart. So, you know, it's kind of like Kelly set Steph up for that success. Yeah. And I know some people are not going to appreciate the way that that's phrased, but, you know, right. without Kelly, you never know if a player like Stephanie Van Brakel, comes to that program.
0: That's, I mean, that's uh, a you, good point.
2: You, you don't, yeah, you don't know where Alabama is, period without a player the caliber of Kelly Creshman uh, because at the time that she was playing it was literally the first few seasons of the program and there were no softball powers outside of the West coast outside the state of California basically so in Arizona so you know she was kind of part of the the groundswell of the southeast starting to be a Uh, you know, a big factor in the entire national landscape of college softball.
0: Yeah. So we've got Stephanie Van Brakel moving on out of the Kretchman region, our first semifinalist. Congratulations to Stephanie Van Brakel. Let's go to the Morgan region. This one was a knockdown dragout. We've got the one-seed Charlotte Morgan versus the two-seed Kelsey Dunn. I'll go ahead and spoil the fan vote because Kelsey Dunn, out of 329 total votes, got 50.5%, the closest of any of the votes so far. Wow. And, and this was a fun one, too, because they played together, they were teammates, and you've got, you, you had both of them really actively campaigning on Twitter as well, and I don't know about y'all, but this one is really hard for me, and I've had to kind of dive into very specific numbers about each of them.
1: Yes, this one was very hard for me as well. Tom, what do you think?
0: What are your feelings right now?
2: Yeah, this is a very tough decision as well. When you take a look at what both of these uh, ladies were able to do, a member of the same staff, as you mentioned, uh, Charlotte Morgan, tremendous hitter, but also uh, had pitched some very big innings for Alabama in the circle. Uh, And then Kelsey Dunn, two-time SEC player of the year, holds all sorts of records for Alabama circle-wise – uh, the, the unquestioned
0: ace of, the, of that staff when she was here. Just a, a really tough decision. Yeah. All right. I'm going to make my vote. Here we go. I am going with Charlotte Morgan. And this is... So here's the thing. Their accolades, you look at where they are, what they received, All-American honors, Player of the Year honors, all that jazz. It's pretty equal. You mentioned Kelsey Dunn, two-time Pitcher of the Year. Morgan was two-time Player of the Year. They were both All-SEC Every season of their career, Dunn was a four-time All-American. Morgan was a three-time All-American. But both were first-team All-Americans twice. So all of that really equates out. So I looked at how did you do in the biggest moments. And Charlotte Morgan's career stats, when it mattered most, were just playing better. And this week, I went through old box scores and calculated how you did in NCAA tournament elimination games. How did you do when your season was on the line? Charlotte Morgan hit 447 with 17 RBI, four home runs, and two doubles in NCAA tournament elimination games in her career. I think that was 11 games. Kelsey Dunn had a 4.19 ERA in NCAA tournament elimination games, and there were unfortunately many moments. In the postseason where she just really struggled I mean there was the Florida issue Uh, She just for whatever reason Struggled against Florida throughout her career She was dominant against everybody else But Florida really gave her problems There were moments where Kelsey Dunn Just couldn't quite do it in the postseason And Charlotte Morgan was able to do that I think the clutchness of Charlotte Morgan Gives her my vote Here in this uh, very tough quarterfinal Sid?
1: Yeah. I Um, I'm going to bring another aspect to this, um, and we'll go over that in just a second. But I will also have to place my vote for Charlotte Morgan, and here's why: you look at Kelsey Dunn, and again, not taking anything away from her, she's an amazing pitcher. I mean, she was pitching whenever I was being recruited, and so I was really watching her and loved everything about her and that she did. But being a player, Alabama. Here's the difference to me, and you still hear about Charlotte Morgan. You still hear about her leadership qualities and the impact that she left on this program. And not so much of exactly everything that she did on the field, but the things that she did off the field as well, and how she held her teammates accountable. And, and then you also hear about her as a player, how intimidating she was, how intense she was, and how she just really put her teammates around her to the next level. And again, Kelsey Dunn, being a person who was only a pitcher as well, I understand her position is you don't exactly have the capabilities to do all of those things, but that also brings me to the point of thinking that Charlotte Morgan was probably just a better all-around athlete. You know, being the player of the year is also different being the pitcher of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, So I respect her in that way, and like I said, I was not one. I wish I could have been one, but you know, I was not good enough in that aspect to be a pitcher that hit and being able to play other positions. It takes a very special person and a very special amount of dedication to be able to do that because not only are you working on your pitching all the time, you're working on hitting and other things. And personally, like I said, I was not able to do that. And Kelsey Kelsey Dunn didn't do that either. And so that's just something that I like to take into account. Like, that's like one of those unicorn players. (laughs) And that's just not something that you can pass up. And again, she still... Haunt is not the right word I don't know what word to use but like her her legacy still haunts the locker room and the, the cages and you know she's talked about a lot so she definitely left an impression on Alabama softball and I just don't think that that is something that can
0: be overlooked. All right, so we've both gone with a Charlotte Morgan haunting Kelsey Dunn in the bracket Tom do you agree? <laughs>
2: I think this comes down to a lot of what we were talking about with the previous one is that being a having multifaceted abilities and being able to affect the game in multiple areas and I think when you are a pitcher and you're a sole pitcher sometimes that can be a positive if you are just an absolute dominant pitcher that will mow everyone down that's a great thing but if you have one or two mistakes yeah, if people will blame a loss on you, mm-hmm. and I think a little bit, a little bit of what Kelsey done in the postseason, uh, kind of goes to that. It's like kind of like being a quarterback in football. You get a lot of the the praise, probably more than you deserve, and you probably get more than you deserve of the blame when things don't go well. For sure, when you are the, when when you're in the circle. <laughs> so I feel like you you kind of have to lift Kelsey done up a little bit more for what she did as as the ace of the program for so long but because Charlotte Morgan was able to do it both at the plate a little bit in the circle but mostly like you talked about what she did at the plate and what she was able to do in big time moments I'm going to agree with both of you and I'm going to go with Charlotte Morgan as well.
0: Alright so the results are in. The fan vote went the way of Kelsey Dunn and for the first time in the quarterfinals, the fans do not get their way. Charlotte Morgan beats Kelsey Dunn 5-3 so again Tom <laughs> almost forcing the tiebreaker mechanism. <laughs> okay. So, so, so like this is, uh, since it's been revived,
2: he wants to be a millionaire. The phone friend is ready. <laughs> yes. If, <laughs> necessary,
0: if necessary. The, this buy. man or woman is waiting <laughs> to receive a text saying, "Who do you pick, blank or blank?" Let's uh, let's move on to the McClinney region. This is the one seed Haley McClinney against the two seed Kayla Bro. Two of the best table setters, two of the best top of the order people Alabama's ever had. You know the fans went the way of Haley McClenny. I I had a tough time with this one because both had really storied careers, and I'm still kind of tossing this one back and forth. What do y'all think?
1: I think this one is a hard one as well. Uh, you know, they they're also a group that also got to play together. Uh, and I think it's another situation kind of like one of the earlier selections where Taylor Bro did a lot, and that set Haley McClinney up as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they were able to feed off of each other, and Haley McClinney was able to learn
2: from Taylor Bro. It's kind of interesting when you look at it. The previous matchups, there were two different types of players. This one are two very similar players matching up against each other, and uh, you're right when you take a look at it and – and actually, Haley McCLeney mentioned this on Twitter, and there, as they were going back and forth, uh, that there is no Haley McCLeney without Caleb Bro uh, being what she was at Alabama. So this is a
0: this is a tough decision. hmm All right, I'm going to go with Caleb Bro, and I'm going hey! to I know I'm going to try and sway both of you a little bit on my side here because we've talked about Caleb Bro and being a three-time All-American. Four-time All-SEC, SEC Freshman of the Year. Look, I think Caleb Bro is a one seed if she didn't have a quote-unquote lackluster 2012 by just hitting 345. And, oh, by the way, that was the year Alabama won the national championship, so it was fine. But her career. All right, so Caleb Bro, I can't get over this one. We're, we've said you've played in the SEC. Tom and I have studied it. We're all aware how historic this conference is, right, and how many good batters there have been offensively. Of the top six single season batting averages in all of the conference history, Kayla Bro has two of those spots. Ever. I mean, it's insane. She's seventh in the SEC uh, in career hits, fourth in career stolen bases, fourth in career batting average. She's got the second and fourth longest hitting streaks in Alabama history at 28 in 2011 and 23 in 2013. And that 28 games is in the top 17 in NCAA history. She's second in Alabama career batting average, second in hits, second in stolen bases, third in career OBP. And other than the OBP mark, all of that is pretty much ahead of Haley McClinney. Haley McClinney's highest single season history batting average mark in the SEC is eighth. And that's her only appearance in the top 10. And I just think that Kayla Bro was absolutely superb. I mean, beyond superb. Two years of her career, 2010 as a freshman where she hit 505, and 2013 as a senior where she hit 471. She was fantastic as a sophomore, and she was really good as a junior and still helped lead Alabama to a national championship. So even in Kayla Bro's least productive year, that was the best season of Alabama softball in terms of success, right? Haley McCluney was really great throughout her career, but I think the high points of Kayla Bro to me push her over the edge just a bit. Oh, and by the way, Kayla Bro hit 483 in her career in the SEC tournament, which, my gosh. So I'm giving Kayla Bro the nod. She gets my vote here in this quarterfinal.
1: Like I said, just a very tough one because they are very similar. And neither of them are a pitcher. Uh, so, you know, that was all <laughs> that's always hard for me whenever I have to team somebody in a non pitcher way. And, you know, great, you do bring up some great points, but I think it's just the inner part of me. Um, I, I'm going to have to go with Haley McClinney. And I do agree with what was tweeted that there is no Haley McClinney without Caleb Bro. I think that Haley learned a lot of her tools from Kayla and so that was able to lift her up. Um, but as far as just power and athleticism and leadership, you know, Haley was an extremely vocal leader and Kayla Bro was as well. But I just think overall and you know, I'm sure Kayla Bro would have had the opportunity to play for USA, you know, I don't know what the details are there and I'm not gonna dig into that, but Haley is also gonna be an Olympian. And so, for me, like, adding all of those things, then it was just hard for me not to go with Haley McClendon.
2: And to agree with what both of you said, but to kind of go off of what Sid said as well, that there's just something about Haley, that that there is a – there. she has that extra factor, uh, that it factor that goes along with everything that she brought to the team. And I think one thing – that doesn't show up on the stats as much as all uh, the hitting the statistics do. Is defense, and I don't think I've ever seen a better defensive outfielder than Haley McClinney. Uh, Kayla Bro was was no slouch, uh, but she was she wasn't Haley as far as what she was able to do in the outfield. Uh, so I think with every everything else being somewhat equal, or you know, even if you put Kayla a little bit ahead. Um, in the hitting, in certain hitting categories, I think the pop that McClinney has, in addition to what she was able to do defensively, puts it over the edge. And I'm going to go with Haley McClenny.
1: I may add something, uh, Tom, going based off of what you said. We all know that in the times of, you know, 2012 and Caleb Rose' tenure, the Alabama offense was doing extremely well. And then you get into Haley McClinney's career towards the end. There were some times where the Alabama offense was stagnant. Mm-hmm. And right. and so you get into those games where I know personally there was a few games where I was pitching, and if we didn't have Haley-McClinney in center field, there's I can at least name at least five games that we would not have won. And so you know, I think it plays into that as well. You know, you have those diving over-the-wall catches and those those ones where she's literally just flying through the air making these <laughs> diving catches, and you wonder like, if that's not Haley-McClinney. You know, does Alabama know
2: the World
1: Series or, you know, whatever
2: right. game it comes down to. Yeah, that's what, one thing I always bring up in the uh, Grand Slam Marissa Runyon game against Oklahoma. In the first uh-huh. inning, Hayley McClinney makes two catches. She makes a home run stealing catch and a third out catch that would have probably been a double to score more runs for Oklahoma in that first inning. to in end the first inning, without those two catches, Alabama might not be in a position to have a chance to win that and win that game. Uh, much less walk off Oklahoma and go to the World Series. So I I definitely agree with that. There were some major times where Haley was able to win games by saving runs in the outfield.
0: Okay, so before we get to the results, I would like to point out something that we tweeted from Box underscore pod. So these two played together one year, 2013. That season they combined for 176 hits, 31 extra base hits, 64 RBI, 68 stolen bases. They hit 465 and 471, and their OBPs were 538 and 526. Good Lord. <laughs> <I> mean,
1: <laughs> can we get them on the same team
0: again? <laughs> I, can, yeah. Hey, you know, there's so much eligibility questioning going on right now in college softball. Maybe we could get them one more year. And
2: to just show you how tough it is and how special it is. Uh, to make it to Oklahoma City and to win in college softball. That team in 2013 did not make it to Oklahoma City. Mm. And, you know, and, and and probably another uh, farcical job of seeding by the committee was face-up against Tennessee and the Super Regionals, the Tennessee team that made it to the championship
0: series. Well, the results are in, and I tried, but Haley McClinney is moving on. Caleb Bro has one vote, and that was me. Um, <laughs> 62.6% of the fan vote went to Haley McClinney. She takes it 7-1 to over Caleb Bro, so a pretty dominant showing from the one seed in the McClinney region. And, uh, yeah, it, look, it's going to be hard to pick against Haley McClinney going forward. She is uh, very beloved by the people on the committee and the fans, obviously. And now with Kelly Kretschman out, you have to think Haley McClinney might be the front runner. She was the one that – it
2: was between those two with most everybody made their predictions before the whole tournament started. So I would think so, but uh, this is going to be a tremendous final four no matter who wins the other uh, quarterfinal.
0: Shall we get to yes, that other quarterfinal? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we uh, we do what we can. The final quarterfinal is the Trana region. Okay, we've got Jackie Trana versus Brittany Rogers. Again, guys, this one is hard just because you've got – You've got opposites all over the place. All right, Brittany Rogers was speed. She was laying down the slap, laying down the bunt, stolen bases, just hits, 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 hits. Jackie Trainer, obviously a pitcher, but also a power hitter. So this one's going to be a little tough to differentiate. Yeah, I agree. And, you know,
1: Brittany Rogers did a lot of the program. She's also one that is also very much talked about. And you go back to one of the most famous moments in Alabama softball history and her being a great teammate that also plays to her. And then of course you have Jackie Traynor who was the pitcher for the national championship team. So just two completely different players here. And I also had trouble with this.
2: Yeah, this is a tough one. Again, you're talking about Jackie Traynor who is, you know, probably the one player who you can say if you were pointing to one person reason why Alabama won the national championship in 2012 it would be her. And then Brittany Rogers talked about the, you know being the great teammate that she was. Uh, if Haley McClinney's not the greatest center fielder in Alabama history, it's probably Brittany Rogers. And just you know, I, back to when I was either just covering the team or just a fan of the team before I became the play-by-play voice, probably. Brittany Rogers might be my favorite player yeah. of that time before I started. So this is
0: a tough decision. You remember when we interviewed her during that Alabama-Georgia game and with her and Jazz Lunsford? That was so much fun. <laughs> she's oh, so great. Yes, she is the coolest. So that's just, this is a tough one. That's why it hurts so much to pick Jackie Traynor here, <laughs> which, is, which is what I'm doing. Look, Jackie had the best – individual season you could argue maybe in Alabama history certainly in the circle but you throw in what she did the plate in 2012 and she was just remarkable but then you look at her record in the women's college world series okay she was eight and three in OKC and I did the records for the rest of these pitchers that we've talked about throughout the bracket and nobody can touch a record in terms of winning percentage like what Jackie Traynor was able to do that eight and three record really sticks out she also hit 370 in her career and At the Women's College World Series, four-time All-American, two-time SEC Pitcher of the Year, two-time Women's College World Series All-Tournament team. She is all over the Alabama record books, and Brittany Rogers maybe had a better overall career statistically. You could look at Jackie Traynor and maybe pick apart a couple of things. That 2013 pitching year was not her best, obviously, but the heights that she was able to get to and the success that she was able to bring to Alabama Pushes her into the semifinals for me, despite Brittany Rogers being in SEC, Alabama, and NCAA record books. I just I put a lot more stock in what Trina was able to do on the biggest stage.
1: And Greg, I'm going to have to agree. I also go with Jackie Trina. Uh, I know I said it earlier, but there is just something special about these pitchers that can hit. Uh, again, being a pitcher myself and. Seeing how much time like I know I put in a immense amount of work. I cannot imagine having to do the amount of work that I did and also hit on top of that and not only just hit, but like be a good one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she did just that and so, you know, again, that's just one of those players that's something that sets her apart and then uh being, being an Alabama football player, that national championship is something, of course, that we all strive for, and that's something that you can't take away from us with that 2012 year, and that's definitely something you cannot take away from Jackie Um I mean, that that was her showing, and being a person who played with her and who got to learn from her, she showed up in those clutch moments, in those tight games. I mean, she that's whenever she shined. When her back was against the wall, she was going to come through, She's going to pick everybody up and she was going to perform. Again, I think it's Brittany Rogers, who was also an amazing player, a great teammate, and somebody who brought all different kinds of tools together for this Alabama softball program. Again, a stable player in our program, but I think just with the national championship and the performance that Jackie was able to put on, especially what you brought up about OKC, that winning record. is a hard place to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I've personally victimized that. <laughs> a few times. So I, just, I know how hard it is to win there and in an environment not only just an environment but Jackie performed so well in an environment that was literally everybody cheering against her and that is so hard to do so that's just something that takes a whole another level of ability and so
0: I'll throw in something else before we get to Tom's vote as well. You talk about her being clutch at the plate and in the circle and just being a gamer in those big moments. What's impressive is, you know, her statistically, she'd give up some runs in these big games against Oklahoma and against Florida. But, she would get it back at the plate. She would have that big single to drive in a run. And, you know, maybe she gives up three runs. Maybe it's a 4-3 game. She would be able to get those final couple outs to secure wins. So I think the clutch factor as well really, really hammered it home for me. Tom, what do you think?
2: Yeah, guys, I'm also going to ride the J-train. Um, uh, her performances in Oklahoma City, I think, are what put it the top. That was one of the things that was interesting to me when we had our, uh, our Zoom party watching. The 2012 national championship game, when it was replayed, uh, was I didn't I didn't take into account as much, uh, but all the players were talking about it. How hard it is to play Oklahoma in Oklahoma City, mm-hmm. and especially when you're playing them in the championship series. I've only seen I've seen Alabama play them, obviously in some big spots. You look at what happened last year, uh, but then you know my first year, Alabama played Oklahoma in OKC, and. and as Alabama was victimized by Shea Knight and once again in that mashup, uh, so I, it, it is a tough spot. Not only are you playing for the national championship, but it would be basically a home game for Oklahoma and to come through like she did. She gave up a couple of runs, a couple of big homers early in the game, but stayed stayed with it, and she kind of she kind of had that get stronger as the game goes along. Kind of something we see with what Montana Fouts has, it seems like as the game goes along, she hits her stride and just can absolutely mow people down in the middle and late innings, which is very, very important. That in addition to what she did offensively, had she not had some some wrist injuries and things like that as her career went on, could have led Alabama to another one. But uh, I think you give that, what she did in 2012, the gravitas that it deserves, and I'm going to put her through.
0: All right. We've got the results. First off, I would like to shout out Jackie Trina. Her fan vote has been as follows. First round, 97.9%. Second round, 77.9% against Montana Fouts, who is like as popular as anyone on Twitter right now. And this week, 87.4% over Brittany Rogers, who, by the way, had not been lower herself than 84% in the first two rounds. So, Dominant from Jackie Trena on Twitter, and Dominant from us. We give her the podcast sweep, and she gets pretty close to that in the round. She wins 7-1 over Brittany Rogers. So, that sets up the following semifinals, guys. The three-seed Stephanie Van Brakel versus the one-seed Charlotte Morgan, and the one-seed Haley McCluney versus the one-seed Jackie Trena.
2: Oh, my God.
0: Any, uh, it's, too, it's too much. It's too much pressure. We're going to get yelled at so much about some right. of these.
2: McClenney against Trena, those are the two most popular Alabama softball players of all time facing off. So that's going to be crazy to watch what happens there in the fan vote especially. And then you have the only non-number one overall seed in their, their, their quarter of the bracket with Seth going against Charlotte Morgan.
0: My goodness. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you're Charlotte Morgan, you got to think, okay, great. I'm not having to go up against Cretch, But then you look at Stephanie Van Brakel, who's really rallied the fans on Twitter as we've gone through this. And, you know, she's been on kind of a tear right now going through this bracket. Yes,
1: I mean, I agree. And, you know, especially somebody, she knows how to rally the troops. You know, <laughs> I was a person who played for her. And, you know, she, she just brings a whole different aspect to the ball game. You know, she is very, you know, she just was able to compete. And just watching her compete, like, if you go back and watch some of her old games, you see that killer instinct. I think a lot more than a lot of pitchers portray. And that just, you know, it shows how much fire that she had whenever she played. And that's something that's also special. And she was just such a fun person to watch.
2: Here's thing to watch out, though, too, for Charlotte Morgan. She is also a coach. So she knows how to rally what troops she has as yeah. well. So we might see some people from outside the Alabama fan uh, family from some of the other spots that Charlotte Morgan has been at. Uh, they might get rallied here as we move forward.
0: Yeah, does Haley McClinney bring in all the Olympians? I mean, what? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Who knows? And Jackie Traina, you know, the Traina region in terms of total votes has been the lowest consistently with every matchup but the trainer region had just 175 votes in the quarterfinals between Jackie and Brittany Rogers the McClinney-Bro matchup had 548 votes the most of the entire tournament so does interest and does actually being on your Twitter account often help? Uh, We'll see. Um, Sid, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up this quarterfinal results show?
1: Oh man, I I just I'm relieved the whole time um, <laughs> felt the weight is now lifted off my shoulders <laughs> and just thank you guys for doing this and providing some entertainment for all of us Alabama softball people who are missing out during this time and missing softball season and I can't wait to see what happens you know over this break and into next year I'm ready for 2021 not only for the Olympics but to see our girls get back out on the field as well
0: yeah
2: yeah, I think, I think we're all ready to just go ahead and put 2020 in, in the rear view as quickly as possible. But, uh, yeah, I, I think when you look at it, the fact that you're having this type of a, a bracket and this type of a tournament, and Kelly Creshman isn't in the Final Four, just kind of shows you how great of a program, and something we've talked about since we started, but how deep and how great of a program has been built in Tuscaloosa and what Alabama has. And uh, I look forward to, if we do this again, in five years or so, and I think you'll see some of the players that are on the team currently and maybe a couple that are on their way uh, that will uh, get into this tournament as well and see how they stack up uh, moving forward. And then, you know, sometimes as you move forward and move
0: along in time, when you look back, somebody else might look even better than they do right now.
2: So it's going to be interesting to see how this continues as if we do it again in five or ten years.
0: Yeah, Sid, before I let you go, I'm going to put you on the spot. If we do do this again in five years or so, who on this current team, on the current roster that was not in the bracket, so cut out Tao, Hemphill, and Fouts, do you think would make it in and have a chance to make a run?
1: Oh, man. Um, well, I definitely think somebody who would be on there is Lexi Kilfoyle. She had a bright freshman year, and I know her career is only going to get better. I think Skylar Wallace will be somebody... Who ends up being on there um, I thought that her sophomore year was much improved from her freshman year and yeah. let's be honest her freshman year wasn't a slump
0: <laughs> she
1: <laughs> provided some great things to Alabama softball and she brings another level of intensity so I think she's definitely got that it factor oh goodness and then I think there are some of the recruits that are coming in, especially in this 2021 class. I know Barry Dowling is an amazing player, and I've heard a lot of great things about her, so I may even think that we may even see her.
0: Tom, what do you think? Do you have any any names that stick out that you think, you know what, I think this player is going to be in this bracket? Well, the first one that came up to my mind was Tyler Wallace as well, but yeah. I think somebody, somebody like a KB Sides who I think was having
2: a first-team All-American type of season, uh, in 2020. If she's able to duplicate that and continue her uh, improvements as she goes along, I think she could be in this. Uh, Alyssa Brown, if she was to have a, a tremendous senior campaign, set some records so on base-wise and uh, continue her hitting, I think she could be there as well. And maybe even somebody like an Abby Dora could make it. So I, I think there's a lot on this possible team uh, moving forward, and I agree. I, I think Bailey Downing might be right there as well.
0: I'm going to throw out just just a dark horse. Just I'm going to throw out someone that I think could be in the conversation, maybe not for a one, two, three, or 4 seed, but I wouldn't be shocked if we were eventually talking about her a lot throughout her career, and that is Jenna Johnson. And I'm saying that because look at what she was doing when she wasn't 100% this year. Now, it's going to be hard because the, the roster, especially in 2021, is going to be a nightmare. Good luck putting the lineup together, Patrick Murphy. But... I could see Jenna Johnson being a player that could hit three forty, three fifty in a season, show some power, and be dynamic out in center field once Alyssa Brown graduates. So, maybe, yeah, I don't know. I definitely think that she's a dark
1: horse too. And, I mean, look at all those amazing plays that she made just in the first few months of her young career. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's just a glimpse of what to her career could be, I mean, her potential is unlimited. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, so that is it for the quarterfinal results show. Sydney Littlejohn Watkins, thank you for joining. It's good to hear your voice again.
1: Yes, thank y'all for having me on. It's good to have some social, social <laughs>
0: voice. <laughs> Next time we'll all go to Starkville and just stand outside your screen uh, front door and we'll do it that way. We'll We'll have the podcast be six feet apart.
2: Yes, we can do that. <laughs> okay. right, and, you know, what are some little
0: Dewey's takeout, too? Oh. There go. I was going
2: to say, I was gonna say if things are opening back up a little bit. We can, we can make our, our way over. It'll be fine.
0: Okay. Yeah. We've made a plan. This is scheduled. This is happening. <laughs> it's happening. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, thank you to Sydney the Little John Watkins for hopping on. Tom, thank you, of course, as always, for your contributions. Oh,
2: absolutely. Appreciate it. And we'll, uh, again, as we always say, just thank you to everyone who's participating and following along with us and uh thanks for all the players and everybody for uh, getting involved and having some fun with us too it's been a lot of fun and like Sid said it's kind of just it, keeping us afloat a little bit as we try to make it through uh these times and we'll uh, we'll get back to normal sooner than
0: we think i think yes and the fun will continue because semifinal voting opens monday at 3 p.m central time monday we've got stephanie van brakel versus charlotte morgan Tuesday, same bat time, same bat channel, at out-of-the-box underscore pod on Twitter, 3 o'clock Central Time, Haley McClinney versus Jackie Trana. Should be a lot of fun. Remember, folks, again, vote at out-of-the-box underscore pod on Twitter. We'll see you next week as we dive into the semifinal voting, and then we'll do the result show on that Wednesday before we dive into championship weekend for the Bama U bracket. For my partner Tom Canterbury and our special guest sitting little John Watkins, I'm Gray Robertson saying so long from the Out of the Box podcast. Get ready to vote. We'll see you next time.